Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I am your host, Summershine. This is a Rogue Media Network production. On this podcast, we're going to explore the deep wounds of tragedy, the way folks just like you survived said tragedy, and the nuances that we reflect on that now make us laugh. We're going to laugh, we're going to cry, and we're going to hear stories of profound survival, even when it didn't seem like it was possible. Sit back, buckle up, and get ready for the ride. guys, welcome to Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I am your host, Summer Shine, and we are not in the studio tonight. This is the first time that we are recording from Zoom. God bless technology. I am so grateful for all the opportunities that the different um, online hosting apps have provided for us during this shelter-in-place uh, fiasco or... Um, or some people call it a vacation, whatever it is. Um, I have a special guest in the house tonight, um, my dear friend, Jessica. She has joined us this evening. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Summer. How are you? I am hanging in there, day 13 of quarantine. <laughs> Tomorrow is your last day of quarantine. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I know that you are. I, I wanna give our listeners just a little bit of insight into, uh, uh, who you and I are together and why it's so funny that you're on day 13 of quarantine. Yeah. Um, I, Jessica and I have been friends for almost seven years. She, when I was, when I first got into recovery, uh, I lived in a town called Victoria, Texas. That's where my treatment facility was. And Jessica was my first friend. She was the first person who had enough guts to hang out with. I mean, I was a total wreck of a person. Uh, and you still hung out with me. <laughs> You know, I really, but I, I always had this kind of fondness for Britney Spears when she shaved her head. So I hate you so much. <laughs> it, 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 let me just tell people what is being referenced here is that it, when I got sober in 2013, the, the story goes like this, and Jessica can actually back me up because she was there, is that I didn't have two pair of shoes that matched. Um, I, I don't know why. I just didn't. I, I don't know where the other half of my shoes went, but they're gone. They're in New Orleans somewhere. 
I didn't have um, clothes that were appropriate to wear in daytime. And um, I shaved my head like Britney Spears in 2007, you know, when Britney had her break breakdown. Um, so yeah, Jessica was, a, was my friend when I had to wear orange shower shoes that were from prison because somebody gave them to me um, that were two sizes too big, a turquoise sequenced mini dress <laughs> and true. a shaved head. With, yeah. And if you know me, you know I wear sunglasses the size of satellites. So uh, my big sunglasses, my shaved head, my turquoise dress, and shower shoes, prison shoes. Mm -hmm. So that was it. And you were still my friend. Yes. <laughs> you are an amazing person, Jessica. You are just cream of the crop, sister. Cream of the crop. But about, I don't know, about two months ago, Jessica invited me to come live with her. Um, mm -hmm. after some personal tragedy and mm -hmm. um, she I went to uh, live with Jessica and um, this decided to go to California for spring break. <laughs> <laughs> so she calls me on her drive home and says hey I love you but you gotta go because I have I have been exposed and so she is that was 13 days ago she said I'm sorry but you're gonna have to find somewhere else to stay during the shelter in place because uh, I've been exposed and so 13 days ago, she kicked me out of her house after inviting me just recently to move in with it. So, I mean, like, I just got in my room the way I wanted it. So, anyway. It, it's cute. I, 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 <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. Yes, yes. You know, 30 more days and I'll be back. So, cool. Anyway, cool. Um, so, Jessica um, and I have known each other for a long time. And a few years ago, a couple of years ago, she had a personal tragedy in her life that she is going to talk to us about tonight. And I want to kind of preface this, um, episode with, um, you know, we are sheltered in place. I am a person in recovery. I know a lot of people in recovery. I run a nonprofit that, um, houses women who are in recovery. And, uh, this is a real trying time for people in recovery. And so tonight we are going to talk a little bit about what some of the consequences look like of addiction. Um, and then we are going to roll into some resources at the end of this podcast. So Jessica, are you ready? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I am. So talk to us. Well, um, I, I was raised pretty much in, in, in Victoria County, um, most of my life. And, um, I was raised in a pretty, I would say normal childhood in the normal, you know, 80s kind of situation. Uh, my father was a, uh, worked in the oil field and my mother was a stay-at-home mom. And, um, you know, I had a sister who was 15 months younger than I. Um, and my parents were very, very young. And, and um, but I had kind of a, a different situation that was going on, different angle. And that was that um, chemical dependency was present. Um, uh, in my family, as well as sex addiction. Um, and, you know, being a kid, being a little bitty kid, not really, you know, understanding what this was, what it looked like, there was a lot of things that happened in my life, a lot of dots I connected on my own that were incredibly unhealthy about the situation. And, um, you know, I remember times as a kid, you know, on a Saturday morning, waking up on a beautiful day, um, looking out, and I can still see it now, windows in my living room, um, and looking at my neighbor across the street uh, with, with their family, uh, all dressed up, going to, you know, what I could guess considered church, um, and thinking to myself, like, they're just the strangest family ever. Like, that is just weird. Like, they're just, that's just gross, you know? And, um, and uh, you know, them coming back, of course, from church or wherever, and 
going together and, and doing yard work together, like doing those kind of things together and, um, and just being completely repulsed by it and not understanding that the level of sickness that was happening in my family, um, the dysfunction, the fighting, the control, the fear, um, being on pins and needles uh, when my parents would fight. Um, and sometimes it would get physical. Um, just seeing those things as a kid and making that my normal, you know? And so uh, yeah. years yeah. fast forward, yeah, years fast forward and, um, and about, I would say, golly, what is it? Four years, five years now. Um, has it been that long? It has, it has. Oh I can't, gosh. it goes fast. Okay. Yeah. It, it goes fast. Uh, yeah. But my, you know, my father continued off and on um, to do what he did to, to, to take care of himself, you know, even though it was not something I agreed upon. And, and by that time, I understood more about addiction, about chemical dependency. Um, so I knew at least by that time that what my father was doing to himself was really not about me, that I did not, right? that I didn't set the wheels in motion here like and as a child you felt like he was using drugs at you or drinking at you but as you became an adult you kind of learned that this wasn't a thing this was addiction not something that he chose to do towards you correct correct and it was yeah. um and some other ideas too that if i was just good enough at yeah. life and if I was just smarter than, and I, and I, I can remember, still remember those thoughts of I'm, I'm going to be so much smarter than them. Oh my God, they're idiots. Right. Like they're just so stupid. Why would anybody, you know, like it was a choice, you know? And, and when that, the, the kind of the, flipped a switch, it was like, aha, this is a disease. This is, yeah. this is so much bigger than what's going on. Then I even realize and the ripple effect you know, and so fast forward and I've got this, I'm armed with this information now. I've let, I'm, I've let my father off the hook finally to a certain extent. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> there was, there was, there was some, you know, exactly. when, I tell you, when I tell you it was dysfunctional, I mean, I wouldn't even allow, and this hurts, this kind of breaks my heart today, but when I was getting married to my husband, I wouldn't allow him to walk me down the aisle. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. So those are some of the things that, um, you know, at age 24, that I look back on, it really wasn't until about age 30, 31 that I started, to, that, that that aha moment, you know, happened. And, um, and so, you know, I get a call five years ago and it's, it's from my sister who uh, is also, um, in ad has addiction issues. And, um, and she was screaming at the top of her lungs and crying and said, gee, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And um, the craziest part is that I didn't, you know, I knew that this was going to happen. I knew that this was, that this was what it was leading up to. And now it's finally here. And instead of me becoming uh, incredibly emotional, what happened to me was, is I turned into a robot and I went through that day. I showed up to the house. I was there before, uh, any, anyone from the medical community or, or police or anyone showed up. So I, I actually saw my father who had passed away in his bed. Uh, he had been there for three days. Um, in the same house with my sister, but summer, as you know, when people are using drugs, things like that kind of, you know, well, I, you know, those thoughts, like maybe I should check on, I haven't seen them. Those things don't happen right. when you're in the middle of your disease. They just don't. Right. So your sister's using yeah. as well and, and doesn't check on your dad for three days. For three days. And so she, when she calls me finally to tell me what's happening and she, it dawns on her. Um, and then I see my father. Um, it was just, you know, 
the combination of that situation. I just, I walked outside of the house and I started calling the people that needed to be called um, and, and getting the job done to clean it up. You know, that was my mindset is I need to clean this up and take care of it. And um, I guess the, the craziest part in all of this summer by that time is that I was working in a job in prevention education in Victoria County. I was right. a pre prevention specialist uh, for a nonprofit and I was walking families through their shame and their fear and their grief. And, and now it was here, you know? Um, and that was, just, it was just so surreal. Like all the dots kind of connected, like this is why my kids show up and they say they're so tired of living in houses where they have no control. And, um, and so, yeah. And so that's, that's what happened. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful. For, let me, let me say that I'm so grateful for the experience of being able to be present and take care of those things and bury my father and, um, or actually cremate my father. I right. can tell you this, he's in my closet summer if you want to come and take a peek. <laughs> True story. So basically, I've been living with you and your dad. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he's here. He's here. Well, um, and, and thank God you had the wherewithal to do so because who else would have done that? Yeah, exactly. He I mean, wasn't married. Right? Because he, he had gotten to the point in his life where he had, you know, you brought up sex addiction and he had womanized himself out of every relationship that he'd ever had. Oh God, yes. Right? The, the craziest part, I had his cell phone and his iPad because the, my mindset was, okay, if anybody calls to check on him, because I didn't know who his friends were really anymore by that time. Right. And it, and it was women out of the Philippines. I mean, he was, uh, you know, I had one woman, I remember three days after, and this is almost funny now, and it's hilarious now, but like, you know, she asked to see a picture of my, my father's dead body. And I was like, what the hell are what? you talking about? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. She wanted, I... And, you know, thank goodness that I was surrounded with, with my, with my community when that call happened, because I immediately went to, to them and I said, you will not freaking believe the insanity here. Like it is just, yeah, he had womanized his, him. Yeah. Yeah. No, no natural relationships. Anymore. I mean, and honestly, uh, he had womanized and used, uh, his, and his addiction had, had gotten you out of relationship with him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had. I mean, was it wasn't point, safe anymore. It wasn't safe anymore, but there was a part when I did have my sons, probably when I was about 30, 33. No, I'm lying. It was like 32. When you came, when you came around in Victoria, yeah, the, I got to that place. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of it had to do with, with watching you grow and, and, and take those necessary steps. Um, that kind of fueled me to take care of myself on my end. And, and I reached out to my father and, and he and I did have a conversation about what had happened in the past, even though he was still using. And I let him know that I understood that it had nothing to do with me and that the anger and stuff was just completely wrong and that I did love him. Um, so there were, there were um, some amazing things that did happen. I'm grateful that I got to do that, especially gosh, with, you know, what happened. It was, um, I don't know if I would be okay today if I didn't do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I'm really grateful for who you are and the things that you have been through. And this is one of those things that um, I think as we were, as you were going through it and I was watching it from afar, I remember thinking, what grace you handle yourself very well publicly. I know because we're, we're very close that uh, behind closed doors, you, you allow yourself to break down. But I remember you just being the picture of grace. 
in all of that. So um, it was inspiring. So, you know, uh, on this podcast, we talk about tragedy, but that's not where we stop because um, tragedy and time equals comedy. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. And so, and when we can't look back at tragedy and take a good, a little giggle at it, it'll just eat us alive for the rest of our lives. And so, you know, my, the way that I get through tragedy the most and the most effective way is through laughter. Mm -hmm. And so I want to know, I want to know what are the things that you look back on at that time and, and, and it wasn't funny at the time, but now it is. I mean, the, the, the lady asking for a picture of the dead body is freaking funny. I mean, come on. Come on, dad. Come on. Yeah. yeah, totally. I think I might start doing that. Like when my friends are like, hey, my so-and-so, my mom died. Cool. Send me a pic. Picture it didn't happen. Picture it didn't happen, right? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There were like, you know, honestly, there were a couple things that occurred that really um, made me just chuckle kind of like at the, at just the whole situation. And, you know, forever in a day, because I was that, I was that person who absolutely, you know, when I was having children of my own, I was still carrying around so much junk that it was literally like, well, if you knew what kind of childhood I had, I wasn't a grown up at all right. in any capacity. And I had babies, you know, like there's, there's, a, there's, there's that thing that was happening. And so when that happened, um, and this, I, I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I will is, um, when I was much younger, probably about 18 or 19 years old. And I, I was working for my, my father, actually, um, he had a small business, but whenever I got angry with him because of the situation, I had justified my actions of going into his bank bag and taking money from his bank bag regularly. No. I mean, yes. I, okay, I'll, I'll straight up say I stole money from him, right? <laughs> that was hard to choke out. It's so hard to say. That was hard to choke out. And it's not, it, and, it, and it, I'm not going to say it was a little bit of money. It was a lot of money. And because it was over time that I did that. And so when I sat down with him, like I told you about, um, to kind of make it right, and one of the things I did was tell him, I said, now listen, dad, I stole from you. Like I totally ripped you off. And, and, and in my mind, I was like, he, he like, he doesn't know this is going to be, he's going to be completely surprised. 
girl, he knew. He knew. <laughs> he knew. No. Oh my gosh. And so I'm like, you know, okay, well, I, well, uh, uh, financial, right. you know, yeah. um, and, but here's the deal summer is I didn't, I didn't participate in the financial amends portion at all. I didn't even start. I didn't. And so, you know, I said it, um, and it was kind of like a far off thing. When my father passed away, he had homes, he did have homes, but they were so upside down, liens, the whole deal, creditors. Oh my gosh. Well, so when he passed away, it was mine. And then it was mine and my sister's. And my sister's not present, right? So now I'm in a situation where, remember all that money that I took? Yeah. Well, now it's time to pay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Oh. He got you as if he a man from the grave. <laughs> if, if, if it, but you know what? If it doesn't get taken care of, these things, honest to goodness, the, the universe presents itself like that, you know? And instead of me getting like totally crazy and saying that's, I kept saying to myself, okay, I, owe, I owed him money. Like I literally, I owed him. And it was so funny because it was literally when I looked at, at the bank, the, the, the records and all that good stuff, like it wasn't, more, it wasn't more than, than I owed him. It was almost exactly that amount. Oh, and that's wow. crazy. So I was paying, yeah, as bills were coming, I was like, okay, you can stop now. Okay, God, okay, I've learned my lesson. I'll never steal again. I just, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, free. yeah. I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah. so, but isn't it funny how God works? Isn't it funny how when we, when the amends needs to be made and God wants us to walk through that process, he's going to make a way for it to happen whether we want it to or not. Exactly. Thanks exactly. God. <laughs> and you know, I end, I end up selling all those properties and stuff like that. I, all of them, all three of them, whatever. It's not, you know, a whole bunch of homes, but it was enough for me to have to, after, you know, burying him, go in and, and, and take responsibility and, and like, I'm so grateful. Like to, that sounds so strange, but just incredibly grateful that that, how it went down for, for me to finally go, aha, I guess that's what it takes sometimes. I guess sometimes it takes a pandemic to realize family's important. I guess it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yes. It's yes, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. it does. Well, you know, there is someone out there today who is in has just recently um found their father dead from a drug overdose or um has had a family member die from a drug overdose and they're in the middle of what you were going through just a few years ago. And here we sit today kind of laughing about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um so what what do you, what do you want to say to them? What do you want to say to those people? Well, and I'm here actually in McLennan County. I'm, I moved here uh, recently about seven months ago. Um, and that's all your fault as well. Yes, um, welcome. Jerk. <laughs> sure. So, and I actually really do like it here. There's a lot of amazing, something I'm blown away by are the, the services, the services yeah. are available. And, um, and so I'm working at a place called Voice. Um, it's a nonprofit organization here in McLennan County um, and about 19 other communities actually in central Texas. We're pretty much everywhere. The, we're the largest uh, prevention program in the state of Texas. And so they hired me um, to work in community coalition work and to go into the community and to work with families where this stuff is happening. And what are the statistics, Summer? What, what do we know? Like, how, is it like one in 10, one in five? How many families are impacted, do you think? Uh, well, 10% of the human population is are addicts and alcoholics like mm -hmm. the the real deal they have addiction uh, or um i'm sorry uh substance abuse disorder 
Um, so that's 10% of the population. And those studies have been done over the last, you know, 100 years. So yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's happening. It's here. It's definitely. Um, and uh, so my, my job essentially is to go into the community, educate the population about, you know, some of the things that I've learned through trial and error. It's one thing to, to, to read the books, you know, the medical books and say, okay, it's a disease. It's another entirely when it's happened to you. And there's a lot of families where it's happening. And right. kind of providing them resources, providing them help. How do you provide intervention to a teenager who's been dabbling? You know, how do you, how do you have a conversation? Um, right. What should, what's, what's not good to say? What is good to say? Um, what's your motive, you know, as a parent? Um, what do you hope? Right. Because you and I have talked about this. So yeah. we grew up in the age of dare. Just say no. Just say no. <laughs> the scare tactics. Yeah. Um, you and I grew up in that age of prevention. And it worked for me. I mean, I I've got the shirt. Drug got addict because of... Yeah. Yeah, you know, Gruff McGruff, the drug dog. Um, I hope that everybody can detect the note of sarcasm in that, um, because those kind of campaigns, those scare tactics, don't work, and they're not helpful to the kids who are going through it with their parents at the time either. Because what they wonder is, why can't my parent just say no? Exactly. Why can't my parent choose me over drugs and alcohol? It's, and that's exactly that is it. And not only that, but as a kid sitting on that that cold, you know, cafeteria floor. I said to myself, oh my God, that is the stupidest thing in the entire world. I would never take drugs from a stranger. Check, I'm, not, I'm never going to have a problem. <laughs> never. I always, it, I always felt like it was rude that I never got roofied. You know, I was like, yeah. I, I am, I'm just not cute enough to take drugs. You know? <laughs> I've always been resentful about that. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Nobody ever drugged me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so. but that's exactly all the dots that you're, like you're talking about. And it, it, yeah, we are our goal, our number one goal is not to stigmatize. We at Voice understand uh, that this is a disease and it should be treated as such and services are available. We've partnered with a lot of wonderful organizations such as yours, such as Sunshine Recovery House. In fact, I'm going to plug you shamelessly. Thank uh, you. You are the president of our coalition. Um, I am the president of the coalition and what do I like to be called? Madam President. Thank you very much. So if you could please refer to me as Madam President from here Absolutely. on out. Yes, and we do, and we do. But it, yeah, so the, the Coalition Voices Against Substance Abuse Coalition, where Summer is president, um, I think it's a really big deal to have a voice like yours and others. It's not just you that's that, that, that's in the room that also has suffered from the disease, because right. we want we want to know how to provide resources without stigmatizing, without causing harm. Um, we want to be better. And I think the programs that happened in the past did. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now that blows me away. I, I didn't know this, and I'm trash talking dare, but they've actually revamped their program, I understand. Really? Yes. Wow. The dare, the dare program of today is no is nothing like. So I can't. I said okay. That yeah. Okay. Well, I think so that's something you and I should do together, then we should just vow right now to check into the dare program and see what's up with it now. Word. They do. Okay. They do. <laughs> they do. Um, uh, mindfulness coaching and meditation with the kids and shut up I'm not even messing where I mean I, where is that, that. now okay. oh yeah I so love it. I mean too so Good. I mean among other things but that's just that's amazing um well and, so, and I, I'm glad that you say that among other things because there is no uh one solution that works for this kind of thing 
You know, there's not just one solution for recovery from addiction or alcoholism. There's not just one solution for these kids. What may work for you may not work for me. And so there has to be a lot of options for these kids to find solution and for addicts and alcoholics to find solution. You Correct. know, I, I got sober in a 12 step program. That's not the way that everybody does it. You Correct. know, um, so and I do want to take just a minute while we're here. Um, I would like to take just a minute for us to discuss, um, you know, this is a trying time. This is a weird time. There's no playbook on how to serve, how to stay sober during a pandemic. There's, and there's a lot of fear and you and I both know that fear, um, is a, is a number one is a huge, uh, plays a huge part in addiction and alcoholism, mm -hmm. um, because drugs and alcohol numb fear. And um, resentment is another thing that is a big deal in, in addiction. And so it, I want to talk about while we are here, while I have you on, let's talk about some of the resources right now for people who are in recovery. How okay. do they stay connected to their community? Because one of the number one things that helped me was my community. And not just necessarily people in recovery, but you're in my community. You were one of my first friends. Um, yeah. But when we're being told to isolate we're being asked to isolate what can we do what can people who are in recovery like me um do to stay sober during you know quarantine <clears throat> absolutely and one of the resources i always plug um shamelessly because it's absolutely free um our 12-step support meetings um and there are various ones in mcclennan county that i'm aware of uh, something they're doing now because groups are not allowed the i think it's what is it, 10 or more are not allowed to gather um, they're really pushing towards staying home. Our Zoom meetings um, for either Al-Anon, AA, Alatine, um, and there's, you know, going together and having these amazing meetings. Um, I had one person report to me that they're going to more meetings um, for yeah. their recovery than they did before the pandemic. You yeah. know? I love hearing those kinds of things. I love hearing that. Yeah. Uh, because these guys might just have a chance, you know? Yes, totally. And I agree with you. Um, that is one thing that I have been partaking in is the Zoom meetings. And um, there's a lot of online resources. If you recover, if you actually Google how to stay sober during the pandemic, there's just a ton of stuff and people are talking about it. The news is catching up on it. Um, there's just lots of great sources out there right now. So mm -hmm. counselors uh, are also on standby. That's another uh, resource. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I started, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to say it. I started, uh, seeing a counselor on betterhelp.com. Um, oh. yeah. Uh, a shameless plug of betterhelp.com. They need to be a sponsor of the show. Um, <laughs> Mike, we need, we need to look into that. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I enjoy it. I love it. And it's actually, it works really, really well for me. Um, yeah. So there's tons of resources out there. Mm -hmm. Well, Jessica, I love you. I love you more. You are one of my favorite people in the whole world, even though you kicked me out 13 days ago. Listen now. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to plug, I did want to plug some resources too for parents. Um, okay, yeah. Because my, my, the coalition Voices Against Substance Abuse Coalition here in McLennan County, you know, our number one job is we are, we are really concerned about adults, young adults and our youth. And we want to create strategies that address the use of alcohol, marijuana, prescription drugs. Um, and I can't, physically be there, how do we provide resources? So what uh, we've partnered up with uh, a wonderful organization uh, called Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. Um, and they are providing free support groups to families who have children who are using, misusing, 
addicted at any stage of the game. So if a parent, for instance, walks into their child's room and discovers that, you know, there are substances underneath the bed, it literally, they receive free services from the comfort. Oh, that's great. And I'm going to plug that right now. If you're interested, if there's a parent in McLennan County or whoever's listening to this that has questions, how do I talk to my child? How do I do an early intervention strategy? You can text Partnership for Drug-Free Kids to 55753 and uh, start from there. There's also, you can call it 1-855-DRUG-FREE. They're Monday through Friday and weekends, so every day. Our coalition has a Facebook page. You can go on our coalition Facebook page and also uh, look and see what resources are available if um, those things are happening um, in your home. Absolutely. So there's always, the support groups are absolutely free. They're anonymous. I can't stress that. Anonymous, that's a really big deal for parents. Yeah. Yes. And for addicts and for addicts, I understand, you know, it's, you know, they don't want to put it out there for some of them. So it's, you know, sure. you don't, you know, if you're scared about someone finding out, you know, you can be at home and, and still get help. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Well, I love you, Summer. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. I, you know, I was very, I was very busy today. I was like, yes, you know, I'm sure you were. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to Tragedy Plus Time. We will see you or hear you on the next episode. All right. Thank you. Guys, thanks again for listening. You are amazing. This show is nothing without your support. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please hit the subscribe button and show us some love. My name is Summer Shine. You can find me on all the social meds or check out my website at summershinespeaks.com to hear more about what's going on in my world. A huge shout out to Rogue Media Network for all their time, love, and support. Wouldn't even be a thing without these guys. Make sure you check out their other shows and tune in again next week. A special thanks to Fish Hands for our theme music. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to Bandcamp and check out more from them. Remember, your story isn't over yet. You're still here for a reason. This tragedy is just one of the spaces in your life, and there is life on the other side. You'll make it out alive. You know how I know? I did. Peace out. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Central Texas Living has found a new home on the Rogue Media Network in a podcast. Join me each week as I talk to a new guest from our community that you may know or have always wanted to. We'll talk about exciting events, progress, changes in our little part of the world, and much more. And if you've got people you'd love to hear from on the podcast, just drop me a line at ann at roguemedianetwork.com. The show you've loved over the years on television is now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today and we'll see you next time on Central Texas Living. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcasts.